We are delighted to partner with Jane Plan, the UK's leading weight management system for this season. Use unique code TWC50 for an incredible £50 off at www.janeplan.com. Our thanks to Gaia family for helping us bring you this episode. I think it's important for both people in a, in a couple to be open about having investigations because it seems to always be put on the woman. But I'm just hearing so many stories of men refusing to go because they don't believe they've got a problem and it being put on the woman's shoulders. And actually, she goes along, she gets tested. Everything seems OK with her. I think more and more men should also be kind of taking on the responsibility of getting checked out as well. Hello and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. We've got an interesting topic today, haven't we? I'm, I'm fascinated by this one, I really am. Yeah. The more you go down the rabbit hole of talking about egg freezing um, for women in their late 20s often, the more questions it throws out, don't you think? Well, it's just opening a minefield, isn't it? But do you open the minefield? <laughs> you know what I mean. Not yeah. going to a minefield. Yeah. No, but it, 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 there's just so much to think and talk about. Well, I... I saw, um, I think this uh, interview with Jennifer Aniston was a f- quite a few months ago now, but it's just popped up because the HFEA, which, as you said, is the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority. So it's the independent regulator anyway. They have just reported that um, egg freezing has gone up by 64%. So Jennifer Aniston has come out and she said, I really wish... Um, that somebody had said to me, freeze your eggs, do yourself a favour. Um, you just She's been through IVF, actually. She admitted to that. And so she said, here I am today. The ship has sailed and she can't have children because she's too old. And But I don't think it was as common, you know, in her early 20s, late 20s, that you would have even thought about going to get your uh, eggs frozen well, you or wouldn't. had a fertility test or any of those things. But, it, but it's also, was it... Really, you know, technology and medicine's moved on so so far. Is it that it was quite a difficult thing to do? You know, I I, I don't well, it know. Must have moved on a great deal. Must have moved on a great deal. But it opens up so many questions. And you know, I can see. You know, we've both got young girls. Um, they're not so their, young now. Well, they're mid twenties, and yeah. you know, they're embarking on careers, and they should have that career. Do we broach it with them? Do you talk about it? It's quite a difficult one. Yeah, and how do you talk about it? How do you just bring that up? Um, you know, so I was just wondering if you thought about having your eggs frozen. But there's more grandparents or p- prospective grandparents who are financing this. Um, and and how involved should we be in our kids' fertility journey? You know, I get if they come to you and they say, look, I can't afford it, um, I'm not having success, or I'm concerned that maybe I don't have good fertility and I'd like to get a fertility test just to benchmark it. I think it's individual, isn't it? I think we, I think that we can, well, we're doing the podcast on it, so hopefully they listen and they might realise. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, a good way of hinting, isn't it? Yeah, it's not that I'm worried about them, but I, I, I'm just seeing this, this more and it's making me wonder more about it and... You know, biological clocks do tick. And it's also, it's just the health issues around. I mean, yeah, I it, it I think it'll become the norm. I actually do think it will become the norm. Quite a bit like, you know, having Botox or, or you know, cosmetic surgery, which has become the norm or even in, in like, the Western world. Well, even like, you know, for cardiograms or, or pre-diabetes, I... I kind of hope that one day medicine gets in front of diseases rather than just mops up afterwards. Do you know mm. what I mean? So, and I'm not I'm not calling fertility a disease in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm talking about is if you know what your body 
could do or if it's predisposed to certain cancers, then you can take um, steps to have a healthy lifestyle or it might motivate you to do certain things or chronologically to change what you're doing in your life. I don't know, it's just a... Well, there is this new, isn't it? Predictive medicine is is, is, the, is the thing. But it's, you know, at my ripe old age of um, nearly 60, I don't know if I want to know everything. I know it probably helps you in some ways, but would I want to know that I was infertile? I'm, I'm not sure if I would. Mm. It's a really because it affects relationships. And if you know if your your partner knows you're not, would they stick with you? Do you, you have know, to tell them at the beginning of uh, at the outset of any new relationship? Yeah. But it's also you know, my daughter's you know Emma's friends they don't want kids, but they say that at the moment because you know think about the cost of living. They've got the careers. You know, just the, the whole environment is not inducive to have children. But you know. Yes, when they're in their mid-30s, 40, they might change their mind. And then think, oh, uh-oh, wish mm. I'd done something about it sooner. And that's really difficult because we can't really tell them that, can well, we? We can't really influence that in, in any way unless they come to us and say, I'm thinking about it. wouldn't be a bad idea just to have these questions um, like in schools just to... That would be the better way of doing it, have it on the curriculum. I mean, we, we talk about menopause and stuff and having that added to the curriculum in sixth form... Mm. I can never say it, pushy, yeah, whatever yeah. they are. But yeah, talking about your reproductive and potential fertility journey wouldn't be a bad idea to have that added I think in. it's starting the conversation. I think that's it. And I think, so it's not interfering. It's just suggestions. It, it's, it's, well, to be honest, it's wisdom. Yeah. It's, it's from our experience, you know, in hindsight, as Jennifer Anderson said, I wish. I wish I'd known. I mean, lots of people... From when they're young, they're like, I want children, I want children, I want children. Others, they want to explore the world, they want their careers, mm. and they're adamant that they don't want children. But that, when that changes, if that changes, it's nice to have, what would you call it, an insurance plan? Which is, I know lots of couples who never wanted, or the, 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 the husband didn't want kids, and then suddenly decided, and they've had them, and they, I won't mention a particular name, but listen, I don't think, but you know, he's delighted he's got a daughter. Yeah. But he... He was like, never want children. Yeah. So, well, the cost is, I mean, the oh, cost yeah. is prohibitive too. Because well, children or... <laughs> the cost is prohibitive. <laughs> and wait till they go to university. Yeah. Then you're really screwed. That's what worries me, actually. All these couples who might want to try IVF and so on. and It doesn't cost that to begin with, but you've got to think about all the pre-tests because they have to test everything. Um, and then the, the, the procedure, the storage. Annual storage. Annual storage, which is, I think... A, anything from 200 to a thousand depends where it is and of course that's it there's going to be private they're all private really aren't they because unless you can't it's do it on the NHS. unless there's something some reason for health wise so that's per year yeah and if you do it you know so another 10 years that really is a yeah. lot of money and i just i just think if you if you end up doing ivf and often the first round doesn't work maybe you've got two or three rounds of it you're down the hole for nearly 50 grand can barely afford a kid by the time you have it but it does frighten me because it is going to become such a popular thing unless it's regulated and it's also is it going to put so much pressure on kids is, is there going to be is there going to be an expectation on women to go uh, and oh, freeze gosh, yeah. their mm. eggs it seems unfair i could 
almost guarantee that men are not going to go and freeze their sperm because they are invincible, especially when they're in their 20s. They think they are invincible and everything is going to be great. They don't have um, that lizard brain, isn't there? They don't even have that ability to think far ahead. And and that's good in many ways, isn't it? Because you don't want to plot that. You know, they don't want their lives planned and plotted out and they want that bit young and and all that stuff and free. But, yeah, but. Yeah, but but I think the onus will often go on the female. Oh, 99%. As it has done for the last, (laughs) since we were involved. Yes, yes. Anyway, um. We've got Midwife Marley coming on. That's a great name. It is, it is. That's her influencer handle, Midwife Marley. She's fantastic. She's so busy. Yeah, she's so busy. But she's busy. She's got five kids, two businesses, and she has more ideas than I've had hot dinners. She's absolutely amazing. Anyway, she's going to join us for a little bit now and just talk a, a bit generally. She's not, as she said, she's not an expert in fertility and we're not looking for that. But just to, just to talk, you know, knock this fertility question around a bit and, and well it's, just see... it's like an introduction to it isn't it yeah because so, I, I just want to know a lot lot more about this welcome to marley hall today she's a uk registered award-winning midwife an educator and an author from surrey and she's the mother of five she does all this with five kids um qualifying in 2009 she's worked extensively within the nhs and she's cared for women from a wide range of backgrounds during pregnancy and birth and postnatally. Now she's working as a private independent midwife in and around London, and she runs an aesthetic clinic providing cosmetic treatments in Surrey. She's one of the founding members of Now Baby Live and works to provide evidence-based antenatal education to people all over the world. Um, she's a huge influencer. Um, she talks about really cool topics, and she's here today to talk about freezing eggs which is scarily becoming quite the trend isn't it yes um it's interesting because i think it was it was um a real thing or it has been a real thing over in the united states for some time um there's quite a few articles dating back to 2010 um even before that where um it had actually become a bit of a trend for 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 grandparents um, even to, you know, pay for their um, to kind of put money aside for their for their children, um, to, to sort of like freezing their eggs for the future. Um, and I think everything that happens over in the United States eventually it kind of work, works its way over to the UK, doesn't it? So um, yeah, I think we're kind of seeing more and more of that now, particularly as people are kind of thinking about planning their families a bit later mm. in life. Mm. You know, but you, you, you kind of go back to the 1950s and 60s and, and people were getting married at 18 and having babies straight away. That's that's not happening anymore, is it? No, we get more choice, that's for sure. So the mm. HFEA, which is the Human Fertilisation and Embryology Authority, that's the UK's independent regular, regulator, they've reported there is a 64% increase in egg freezing between 2019 and 22. That's extraordinary, wow. isn't it? And what we're yes. hearing, um, so Liz and I were talking about this, we're hearing that people are being given it as a graduation gift. Um, you know, as you said, grandparents are participating financially in their adult kids' fertility journey. That's quite it's quite a big step, isn't it? And I think it puts a lot of pressure on young women. But it, but it's mm-hmm. also actually interfering, thinking about it when you just said that. It's actually interfering in your children's 
It is if it comes you know, from the grandparents, yeah. potential yeah. grandparents mm. side. But I think a lot of it is coming from young women sort of in their late 20s, knowing that fertility is at an optimum, right, at that moment. Yeah. And they just want to bank it. But I worry that there'll be so many women who see this on TikTok or Instagram that they'll feel like they're not doing something right if they don't bank their eggs. It's like anything, isn't it? You know, eventually over time, it all just it just becomes the norm. It just becomes a normal thing to do. Um, and, you know, I think we're kind of far off of it, it becoming the, the norm you know, at the moment. But there is potential that that could happen. I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't see a problem if, if you know, if you've got a, a, a young woman who approaches a subject with her with her parents for example and her parents you know decide to support that that's fine but then i think there's a there's a bit of a fine line isn't there um between kind of helping and supporting your child or or kind of putting pressure on them um and meddling but i, I see i see there's a few companies um not over in the uk but i've seen them certainly in the us they're like finance companies and and they're and they they specifically work to promote the um uh, egg freezing, uh, sort of they, they aim it at the grandparents. So that is their target audience. You know, they actually have these whole programs um, where, you know, grandparents can kind of start putting a bit, a bit like a, you know, like when you save money for your child when they're young, you know, a bit of a, like an, like an investment thing. Yeah. Almost um, like an education fund. Yeah. Well, they have, they have these programs for, um, for grandparents where they can put in, I don't know, hundred pounds a month or hundred dollars a month or whatever for the next five years. And then it can be redeemed against fertility treatment, um, including egg freezing. You know, whether whether the person needs it or not. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, not not everybody's going to need it because there are plenty of women out there who are in their thirties and forties that will get pregnant without any fertility treatment. You know, I mean, I had two children in my thirty, my late thirties, and you know, it was absolutely fine. So, but I think there is a there's a trend of just assuming that once you get over twenty five. Because scientifically, biologically, we know that after 25, you know, your number of eggs start decreasing and declining rapidly. I think people think that you get to 25 and that's it. You know, you're over the hill and it's not going to happen. And people start to panic a little bit when actually the majority of people can still get pregnant, you know, mm. um, even after that point and even well into their 30s and, um, and early, early 40s as well. So, yeah, it's, it, 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 I don't know, maybe it's getting a little bit sort of scary that it is going to become a bit of a normal thing but hey ho I mean it's you know to each their own isn't it but it's a positive as well I think you know if, if, if people are worried well, girls you know are worried about not being able to have children then it, it's a positive mm. that side if they're helping yeah yes and I, and I think I think actually touching on that point you know getting in there early um because you know of course we hear lots of women who will have their careers do their thing enjoy their lives and then they actually want a baby now and they're 38, 39, 40, um, and then they start having fertility struggles. And then, then the clock starts, you know, because they're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, how many cycles of, of IVF or, you know, um, uh, you know, IUI, can, can we actually get, get in before I start getting older? You know, um, you know, you can only do it, but there's only enough time to do it a couple of times a year. So they have to sort of um, start thinking about what they're going to do. So I guess planning it early you know there is there, there are positive sides 
And there are, I mean, like Amy Hart from Love Island. She um, she was in the news a lot when at twenty seven she had she had her eggs frozen, and she claimed mm. it was well number one she hadn't found somebody yet that she wanted to be with, she, so she wanted to wait until she found the right person. She didn't want that pressure of fertility declining, but she also mm. had a history of early menopause in her family, so oh. she thought I bank it takes the pressure off. She went on and she ended up having a baby naturally anyway. So that's yeah. the question as well. When you're paying in, you pay all this money to bank your eggs. You might never use them. Do you know mm. much about the success rate of, of how many eggs are used or how many eggs are retrieved and have a success rate of becoming babies? Well, I know that um, there's a high failure rate on the first attempt with embryo transfer i mean it depends what kind of treatment they're having um if somebody's having uh like ivf so it could be uh, ICSIG, which is into into um cytoplasmic uh, sperm injection where they literally inject the sperm directly into the egg um that usually happens when there's like a male factor infertility um or ivf which is in vitro fertilization where the egg and the sperm are just kind of put together in a you know in a dish and they just kind of fertilize um Lots of people will find that it doesn't work on the first, on the first attempt, and they have throughout the next year or two they have subsequent attempts. Um, but then it can become quite costly doing it like that because each time you have a round of IVF, you know it costs lots of money. Um, things like IUI. I mean, I don't have the uh, the actual stats myself, um, but you've got a, a, a kind of higher chance of things working if there isn't really um, much in the way of um, uh, female, in, you know, in, in, infertility. So, if somebody's ovulating okay, um, then IUI might be a might, might be an option. And you get lots of people who are in same-sex couples that will go for that option. You know, obviously for, for obvious reasons. Um, in terms of egg collection, I think it depends from person to person. You know, somebody might have five eggs collected. Somebody else might have twenty eggs collected. It all just depends because they get given drugs to stimulate the ovaries to produce as many eggs as possible that cycle so that then the um so the doctors can retrieve as many as possible but say for example they retrieve 15 eggs from an ovary they're not all going to be um good quality good enough quality to to fertilize so from 15 eggs it might be like okay well, we've got three that are suitable to be fertilized you know or four or something like that and then they'll try to fertilize all of them not all of them are going to take so they might be left with two, two fertilized eggs that are um, suitable to be transferred back into the back into the body. So but it, it does vary greatly from person to person, you know, as to whether it's going to be successful and, um, you know, whether the eggs and the, and the embryos are actually going to take. Um, do you know if there's much regulation in the industry? What worries me is so if you're successful and you manage to um, get get the eggs and they go, go off and get banked, do you think at some point? People might want to sell those eggs. I mean, how how do you know that they're safe and they don't get mislabeled, yeah. or they might get given to somebody else and you end up carrying a child that's not yours at all? Yeah, there's always that chance, isn't there? It's happened. You know, it's, it's happened before. We've had there was a case um, quite a long time ago with um, two couples that had gone for IVF. Um, they both had sperm and eggs that were stored in a clinic, and 
the sperm was swapped and it was and it, and it fertilized the other you know the opposite wives eggs you know so they both sort of carried these children and and the only way that it was actually identified was because the couples were different ethnicities you know oh, so you had yeah so you had um the, the the white lady that ended up giving birth to a mixed race baby when her husband was was white um and then yeah it, it all kind of got a bit crazy and it was the same for the other couple for the black couple as well um so they so both couples have got these two babies that are mixed um and it was it was devastating you know it was really heartbreaking because it was like well who do these babies belong to you know yeah. um i think in the end they ended up staying with the with, with the mothers that actually gave birth to them mm. um but it was just you know there, there's always a chance it doesn't happen very often and i think that there are um there's a lot of security measures in place you know, checking, double checking, triple checking, um, you know, before the eggs and the sperm are, um, are, are stored. Um, but yeah, there, there's always a chance. There's, there's always a risk, isn't there? There's always a risk as well that, you know, they'll be frozen. And then when they are thawed, that they aren't, that they don't kind of they're wake up. Viable, they, yeah. they don't, they're, they're not viable. Yeah. Um, so there is a risk with all, all of these things, all of these kind of um, treatments. That is literally putting all your eggs in one basket, <laughs> isn't it? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you what it actually involves, you know, uh, retrieving the eggs, you know, so if, if uh, mm. no, not me, obviously I'm a little bit old, but, you know, for example, for example I'm not saying my daughter won't appreciate this, but, you know, my daughter who's in her 20s at the moment, but if she she decides to go down this path, mm. you know, what would it involve? Yeah, so um, obviously right from the beginning, you would, um, you know, you'd go for several appointments, you know, at first to, to make sure that, you know, you're, 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 you're suitable. And then once the treatment starts, you actually spend uh, a bit of time taking certain medications um, to kind of prepare, you know, it, it depends. I suppose if you were having IVF, so you were having the embryos put back into to the uterus, you'd have drugs to prepare the lining of the uterus and to make sure that the pregnancy sticks. Um, and then when it comes to the right time for to sort of like induce ovulation, because what we're trying to do is get as many eggs ready as possible, they give you um, uh, a shot of, I can't remember what it is now, they give you, I'm not sure if it's HCG, they give you a shot of something um, to kind of make you, you know, make, make the eggs ready to to, to, to come. And that's self-administered, isn't it? Yes, so you do yes, that at home so, for about 10 to 14 days. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of like prior to the egg collection. Um, just to make sure that when you go in for the egg retrieval, that they're ready, the, the the lining of the uterus is, you know, ready a few days later for, for the eggs to be put, well, for the embryo to be put back in. Um, and then you you go into the fertility clinic, they sedate you because it's quite an uncomfortable procedure. Um, and then the doctor will literally go through the vag vagina um, and then it kind of puts a, a like a very thin tube through, this, through the wall of the, the vagina so that it reaches the ovary. Um, and then just basically takes the eggs out of um, out of the out of the ovary, um, collects them, and then they go off, you know, to the to the lab to be looked at to make sure they're viable. Whatever ones are viable, they get kept, um, and then fertilised with um, with the sperm that's there. You know, if they've already got some, perhaps they'll thaw that out, or they'll ask for a fresh sample from whoever's going to be giving the uh, giving, giving the sample. And then it takes a, a couple of days, usually a few days, for the embryo, for the egg, egg and the sperm to fertilise. And then when the embryos are ready, the woman is called back into the hospital, um, and they are basically implanted into her into her uterus, um, and that's that's it. I think at the moment, isn't it about five years that they can keep the eggs for? Is that is that 
because um, you've got to pay for storage fees as well. Yeah, if you don't use them yeah, at the time, so you pay, then you every... pay yearly. You pay every year. Um, it used to be ten years. Yeah, but I think it's I don't now know. Maybe, maybe maybe it's years now. Is it up to fifty? Mm. Up to fifty-five years. Oh really? Oh gosh, is it? Is it? Is it gone yeah, it used to be ten years, and it changed. I think last year. I knew there was a recent change. How wow. scary is that? Why would they need eggs for fifty-five years? I mean, you'd be in your seventies. <laughs> With viable eggs. That's an you know, incredibly good question. I was reading up on this. I didn't even think about that. That'd be a very old Maybe mother. Donation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why you'd need eggs for that long. Um, potentially donation, maybe. Um, and there's, there, there's lots of different um, scenarios, isn't there? There's people who, um, I mean, I, there, there was a case actually not to do with eggs, but it was to do with um, her husband's sperm who'd, he'd, He'd had it on ice for some time because I think they'd tried to go through some facility treatment, but it hadn't worked. And then he he passed away, and she fought for the right to be able to use his sperm. Do you remember hearing about yes, that? Yes, I do. I can't remember if she was successful or not. Um, but she fought for the for the right to use it so that she could, you know, carry his baby. She took it to the high court, I think, mm. didn't she? Because it was refused and refused and refused. Yeah, but I can't remember if she actually was allowed in the end. Well, look that um, up. But it's very sad. I mean, it's, and you do have cases like that, you know, um, where that happens. And I, and I wonder if you have a similar case with a, somebody who's stored their eggs, but perhaps, you know, um, had an accident um, um, and is, 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 is either passed away or is unable to carry a baby. Could, that, could those eggs then be used, you know, later on? If, like me, you're looking to lose weight, then take a look at Jane Plan. Jane Plan is the UK's leading weight management system that creates deliciously healthy meals and delivers them direct to your door. Together with their nutritionist support, you'll lose weight, feel healthier, happier and more in control. For good. Created by nutritionist Jane Michelle, Jane Plan is the easy and healthy way to lose weight. All your breakfasts, lunch, dinners and snacks are designed by their nutritionists. They're pre-prepared, perfectly portioned and nutritious. Jane Plan takes the worry away when it comes to managing your weight. There's no calorie counting, no weighing, no complicated recipes to follow and virtually no shopping either. In fact, all you need to do is heat and eat. And with personalised support from their qualified nutritionists, you'll join over 100,000 Jane planners who have lost weight and kept it off. So if you think you just can't lose weight, then think again. Join me and go to janeplan.com, quote TWC50 for your exclusive £50 discount. That's www.janeplan.com. And follow my progress on Instagram. Let's do this together. Gaia believes the cost of IVF should not be the reason you don't try. That's why they're changing the way to pay for IVF. After a frustrating and broken IVF journey, Nader Al-Salim started Gaia to give others the experience he wished he had himself. He and his wife were fortunate to have a son, but their experience was far from fortunate. IVF is expensive and it's hard to know how many rounds of treatment you might end up needing and whether you will be able to afford it. Gaia allows you to go through the treatment you need for a fraction of the cost and only repay the full cost of treatment in affordable monthly installments when you have a child. Nothing more if you don't. Covering treatment for patients for any HFEA certified clinic in the UK and selected clinics in Europe, they're a team of people dedicated to making sure that everyone who wants a family has the chance to try. Request your commitment-free personalised plan at GaiaFamily.com 
forward slash two women chatting. I mean, this is weird, mm. but do, could you maybe hand them on to your grandparents? If your daughter has had eggs frozen and tragically she dies through medical reasons, cancer, whatever it mm. is, or in an accident, could those eggs then be given? That might be why they're saying 55 years. I mean, especially if you That's had a young it, child, like, young what, girl, what maybe, you know, five. Yeah. What happens to those eggs and mm. who's who's then in control of them? Um, but I'm, I'm assuming that this would all be discussed in the beginning. You know, who, if anything happens to the person giving the eggs. Or the husband, um, you know, handing who, yeah, on the have, eggs to the husband yeah. or yeah, spouse, yeah. partner. You, exactly. You know. for, 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 a, for a surrogate, perhaps. I mean, it, it, it becomes very, very sort of tricky, doesn't it? And you sort of enter sort of muddy waters with, with with all of this. And I guess everything needs to be, they need to kind of cross, you know, cross the T's, dot, dot all the I's to make sure that everything's proper when it comes to the well, legal framework. Yeah, that's what I hope. That could, because as, as, you, as we said, you know, with it up by 64% and a 44% rise in IVF by single women, you would hope that the underlying regulations are already there because otherwise your quote, muddy waters, it could be an mm. absolute nightmare sorting out who belongs to who, what is the ownership of these eggs, the ownership of this sperm, how is it destroyed, is yeah. that considered, you know, religious connotations as well. about? Well, and it gets very it... emotional. It's all very well as saying, you know, at the beginning you'd be agreeing to it all, but, you know, if sadly I mean, something passes industry. away. Yeah, but, but, but is it, we're forgetting about the emotional side of, of people. It's all very regulated and fine, but then mm. sadly somebody loses their partner, but they want to have their child. It's completely different kettle of fish. And if grandparents are paying, do they Ooh, own the gosh. Eggs? That's it, isn't it? So many, so many questions, so many questions to ask. And I think there's um, there's obviously legal framework around um, like sperm donation, for example. Like there's only so many times a man is allowed to donate sperm. Um, or I don't know if it's so many times you can donate sperm or so many times that his sperm's allowed to be used because what you don't want is to have a geographical area with lots of lots of his right. children, you know, which could lead to, you know, incest and all sorts um, when these children grow up. So that's regulated. Um, but I don't know about, you know, um, eggs. I think we're going to have to do some more research it's like, on it's, this. It's like, yeah. And there's a lot of money in it. I mean, there's big yeah. brands coming in like Gaia. Uh, I was going to call it Radox, but that's the bar. Randox. 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 Randox, I think it is. And, you know, these big fertility shows now, it's, mm. it's big business, isn't it? And yeah. a lot of them, you were saying, a lot of them are sort of based in Turkey. There's and... quite a few that seem based in Turkey. Is, is that right? Or mm. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, it's, Turkey's becoming a bit of a hot spot at the moment for all sorts of surgery. Yeah, get your butt lift there, go and freeze yeah. your eggs. Yeah, get your teeth, teeth done, done and yeah, and yeah, hair implants and everything. Yeah, you can get all sorts. I think I think you know I've, I've seen pictures of people packed on planes, you know, with their heads all bandaged. <laughs> I do you know I saw somebody in um in a mosque in Istanbul, and I I looked at them. I hadn't heard about this whole trend, and their head whole head was bandaged up. And I thought, oh my gosh, that poor man has had brain surgery, and he's coming to pray to to get. And then on the on the plane on the way back, there's half a dozen men with their heads completely wrapped up. It's kind of yeah. funny actually. Hair transplant, but no, I, th I think it's becoming um a, a quite a hot spot for different types of treatments that are much cheaper there than what they would be over here. I mean, the, the sad thing is, and I think. I think it's really sad that there's a real postcode lottery over here um, in terms of facility treatment because there are people out there who are so desperate for, for, for a biological child of their own um, and they just 
they can't afford it because it becomes so expensive and there's no guarantee it's going to work. Mm. So can you imagine, you know, say, say for example, I, mean, I don't know what the current um, uh, rates are, but let's say a round of IVF is six grand. Um, it's probably more than that, but let's just say it's six grand. Um, and then it fails. And then, okay, four or five months later, you do it again, another six grand, it fails. You're thinking the, these people are like £12,000 plus in debt and they still have no baby. And they're thinking, okay, should we take should we take some more savings and have one more go? Um, and obviously, if, if they do get pregnant, then to them potentially, it's, it's worth it. It's all been worth it. But then, if they, if they don't, I mean, I've got I've got clients who who um, you know on the aesthetic side who have been through various rounds of IVF and it has not worked, and they've just become bankrupt and um, they're back to square one, and they're looking at other options like um, like, like adoption, you know, and even then with adoption. Um, most of the baby, well, most of the, the, the yeah, most of the babies, the children that are, that are available for adoption aren't aren't newborns. You know, mm. um, they're usually much older children, so they don't have that experience of raising a child from 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 birth. So it just it's just it's it's just sad, really. I think you know because you have some areas where it's available, other areas where it's not available. Um, if one one person, um, say for example, you're in a couple, and the the man has already got a child from a previous relationship oh yeah then um they won't be eligible for for um treatment it's not fair it should be based on the individual shouldn't it surely because otherwise for in that in that particular example the woman has no right to a baby that no i know it's it's really sad the emotional toil the the potential for marriages unraveling because of, Mm. of the emotional side of this must be very very high i wouldn't i can't don't think I even want to know the statistics on people who have been on IVF and it's failed mm. and they get divorced because I guess stress, yeah, stress, human nature. Go and look for another partner yeah. who is viable. Yeah, well, that's, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story actually. So I, when I worked to, um, in the NHS um, many years ago, I had a I had a forty six year old lady who ca- who came to me because I was running, running my clinic, um, and she um, was having her first baby, and she told me the story. And she said she'd been married. This guy from when she was like 20, that's no, about 18 to, to 40, 40 something, 42, 43. Um, and she never conceived. They could never, you know, they both wanted children, but they could never afford fertility treatment. He always used to say he was quite abusive, I think, and he always used to say it was her and that, you know, um, the the um, facility issues were her fault. Um, anyway, the, the, the relationship came to an end. Um, she went and she met somebody else and she fell pregnant you know <laughs> so she was like you know just I mean, luckily for her you know she 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 fell pregnant at, at 45 years old um but she'd gone all those years believing that the facility issues were were her um and it was more likely that it was probably actually her her, her husband um but she was never able to 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 afford any treatment um so she just kind of Gave up. I thought, well, this is yeah. this is me. This this is my life. I'm never going to have kids. Yeah. You know? And thankfully, she did in the end. Yeah. One final question. Going back mm. to even before egg freezing, obviously being healthy is a is a good place to be before you even think about yeah. getting eggs frozen. Or, but what about getting a fertility test in your mid to late twenties? Just male or female, just to benchmark where you are and to see if there's anything that you can do to improve your chances or yeah. to come to terms with what might not be for you. Is it quite easy to yeah, get a fertility test? I think, yeah, I think people need to um, to use these with caution, though, because 
I'm seeing a lot of these home kits, you know, um, checking your sperm and, you know, checking checking your, the female fertility and things. And I just think, oh, gosh, I don't know how accurate they are. And I think it could lead to a lot of um, anxiety and a lot of distress amongst people as well, especially if they're, if they're not giving accurate results. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if people are already thinking about it, if, if people are thinking about having babies, um, then they could always go and talk to, you know, talk to their, to their GP and see what the, you know, what, what the GP suggests. But I, I, I kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of sort of going out and, and seeking these treat these treatments that you can just do from home or these tests rather that you can just do from home because I just don't know how, um, how it actually It's not are. good for your health, mental health. No. I mean, can no. you imagine, you, you know, and then you spend the next five years worrying. Already. Yeah, you spend the next five years worrying about it. People who have genuine fertility problems, um, especially like with women, uh, you know, if they're not ovulating properly, they'll often have symptoms and signs anyway. You know, you have women that have got polycystic ovaries, for example, and they often have signs like they're, they're gaining weight, they're growing hair in places that they wouldn't usually grow it. So they would go and see the, the, the GP and perhaps either have a, you know, maybe an ultrasound scan or, or some blood tests to see what the hormone, hormone levels are like. That's the proper way of doing things, not all, you know, just ordering these kits off of Amazon. Um, because, you know, you just, you wouldn't know what to do with the results. I mean, what, when the results come back and say, you know, your fertility is low or, you know, if you've hardly got any eggs left or your sperm count's low, then what do you do? You know, mm. do you then just run off to the, to, 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 you know, an egg bank and start banking all your eggs when you don't really know if, um, your facility is really low or not? So I would just say tread with, um, caution with those. And maybe, you know, if you have got symptoms uh, as young girls or young men, go and see your GP and just talk about them yeah. properly before you, you invest in anything at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and also, I think it's important for, for both couples to be, sorry, for both people in a, in a couple to be open about having investigations, because it seems to always be put on the woman, you know, um, male factor infertility is a big thing. It is a huge thing. Um, you know, men with low sperm counts or, or, or the, the, the quality of the sperm is poor. Um, but I'm just hearing so many stories of men refusing to go because they don't believe they've got a problem, you know. Um, and it being put on the woman's shoulders. And actually, she goes along, she gets tested. Everything seems okay with her, you know. And it's like, I think more and more men should also be kind of taking on the responsibility of, if they want to have children, of getting checked out as well. Good word to yeah. end on. Very wise words. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Marley. That's brilliant. Thank you. I forgot to mention, um, Marley has got a book out. She's known as Midwife Marley, aren't you? They can find you on yes. Instagram at... Uh, midwife marley there you go <laughs> how appropriate <laughs> and your book is a guide for everyone pregnancy birth and the fourth trimester and that was uh, released last march can you get that on yeah. amazon yeah you can get it anywhere amazon so buy that don't get the fertility kit just get get marley's <laughs> book if you're lucky enough to get pregnant and yeah. uh gosh thank you so much for being with us today it's been really really fun and oh, very educational absolute pleasure thank, thank you thank you bye you know there is so much out there isn't there like we said at the beginning it raises more questions than it answers really it's it's an exciting period of technology that we even have this as an option but i'm i'm nervous of the regulation i'm nervous of the ethical and safety aspects there's also the religious ethical the religious side because some some you know obviously some religions won't allow it but i think it is a good thing i think it is positive I just want to make sure it's regulated. Mm. 
Mm. You know, uh, we, we could go on for ages about this, but you know, it, it's if it's not, yeah, if it's not checked, it's not kept in check. A bit like AI, everything. We've got to keep it under control. Mm. Honestly, I think we should come back to this topic. Um, Listeners, if you think you'd like to hear a bit more about fertility from some experts, some maybe some of the fertility centres who freeze these eggs, would you drop us a line and just let us know? So you can uh, write to us at twowomenchatting at gmail.com or hop on the website, which is? <laughs> twowomenchatting.com um, Or DM us on Instagram. And just let us know, is this something that your kids have talked about, your adult kids? Is it something that you would consider giving as a graduation gift? Um, what concerns you or what gives you hope that fertility is being treated in a different way so drop us a line we'd really like to to hear from you and we'll we'll chat about this again i think oh yeah i want to so two women chatting at gmail.com and we'll answer you and if you're an expert get in touch um we'll, we'll... i'd love to hear a doctor's view on this are they in favor it you know yeah let's do that so that's all from us chat soon thanks for listening to two women chatting with our special guests If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.